Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. I'm really excited for today's episode because the last few weeks we've been a little bit more serious and have a couple more trigger warnings than normal. So today's episode I wanted to take a little bit of a step back and talk about the things that get us through our mental health. Some of them consider coping mechanisms, but they really become a big part of our life. So today's episode I really want to, uh, you know, harp on some of those things that keep us happy in our day-to-day lives because mental health is hard, but we all survive and push on. So that in mind, I want to introduce my guest Kathleen to the podcast. How are you doing, Kathleen? Very well. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so a big reason I wanted to have you on, Kathleen, is because I actually met you at a concert. You did. And when we had a conversation afterward at the bar, it became pretty clear to me that I liked music and I use music, you know, to affect my mood and stuff like that. And there's certain songs that get me, but it still seemed like for you, mm-hmm. it meant more. Yeah, I would say so. I think my relationship with music has grown like significantly. Um, and over the past years, and it continues to every day. Um, yeah, it's just like the one thing that really I can connect with on that level. Yeah, and I remember specifically, I was talking about I was going to go to a concert alone, and you kind of brought up like you do that all the time. Yeah, um, I didn't really in like high school, and then I went to school in New York, and yeah. just going having that like accessibility to go to school, like to go into the city and like do stuff like that. A few bands come through New York. Oh, every only while. yeah, <laughs> only a handful. But um, it was kind of one of those things where I kept trying to ask people like, "Hey, will you go to the show with me?" And then if no one could go, then I'd be really bummed. I'd miss it. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go by myself. And it, there were just so many freeing experiences where I was like, it's just me and the band of music that I genuinely like, and then. Yeah, it was just became a habit of mine that I was known to do. Yeah, and that, that became something for me in therapy where my therapist said, like, it seems like you keep buying two tickets to events, mm-hmm. but you don't have a second person to go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, just, you know, figure yourself out. If you really want to go, you buy a ticket. And a lot of times, good enough, like, Philadelphia General Admission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's something like Wells Fargo Center, which are expensive tickets, you don't want to go alone. So you really have to... You know, figure this out, which funny enough, I bought Childish Gambino tickets <laughs> to Vermont. But that's like my favorite artist. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to go with somebody mm-hmm. and somebody will come to a Childish Gambino concert. Totally. Even like you, you just said you went to Taylor Swift on Friday. Mm-hmm. You said that ticket ended up being free for you because yeah. like a friend offered. Mm-hmm. So those ones right at that, but it'd be like other bands that would play it like general admission shows. Mm-hmm. I'd buy two tickets and then hope somebody would come with, which is stupid because a friend could just buy one themselves. Yeah. It's not like they're getting a different seat than yeah. me. Um, but she pushed me to do that, so I did go to a concert alone. It was one of my favorite bands. We were promised Jetpacks, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the music I would listen to when I was feeling alone mm-hmm. and, you know, sad. Like I needed to connect to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just me. I and you know I was. I remember the next day my neck hurt because I was just bobbing <laughs> my head so much. Like, but that's good because I don't know if I would have done that with a friend. Yeah. So. You know, I want to dive a little bit more into you, though, because, like, we talked, you were talking, thinking about making your own podcast. Yeah, it's always been a thought of mine. Um, I like writing. I just like kind of expressing these things. I always kind of kept a journal, and I just wanted to kind of narrow it down more, but I just kind of realized I'm really um, critical with my writing, so I think when I just talk about things and I get really excited about them, it's just easier for me, and people have said before, they're like, you should probably do something with that, and I'm just kind of been sitting on it, so I know that was definitely something that we chatted about for a while so I'm glad I got a chance to talk about yeah, it. Yeah and it. like listening to you talk made me excited about it mm-hmm. and the different like areas we could go in. We but did I, have a couple beverages. We did have a couple <laughs> beverages but I think even from that conversation I knew on a high level like not only did you like music it, it affected mm-hmm. your mood it could you know lift you up and even last episode talking with Tony you know he's talking about his dog mm-hmm. he was at our Cape Fire concert he, he started crying yeah. like mm-hmm. and that was like one of those things and he told me the band before Kid Koala like 
he's like a DJ and he mm -hmm. did like really sad music all of a sudden he started doing this like uh this like I don't know really like melancholy mood music mm -hmm. and Tony had to listen to that and then his favorite band that he connects to and it was like yeah that sometimes it doesn't always yeah lift you up but like I find that's a really, it's a really interesting argument, not argument, uh, just a topic that comes up all the time with me. People are always like, what, why do you listen to such sad music all the time? Yeah. And I'm just like, it, I enjoy it. I sincerely, it's like more of a connection thing than like yeah. the actual, I don't want to be sad. Sometimes I'm so happy, but I'm listening to like Julianne Baker and she's singing like the saddest song in the whole oh, yeah. world. That song instantly puts like anybody in depression. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'll be like cleaning my kitchen and listening to it and my roommates come in and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm not sad at all. I'm just. This is the music I like. Does cleaning the kitchen really make you that upset? Um, no, but I get that. And it's like, for me, is, you know, we want to listen to the music that we connect to. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, we're just not going to listen to the top 40 stations. Yeah. Like, I like some Drake songs, of course. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is the Drake songs I really like are, you know, like Marvin's Room, which is like, <laughs> just like a re really sad song. And it, some people are like, well, how can you say like you're an indie fan and you like Drake? It's like, well, you know, it's... It just each song hits me differently. Right. So like popular music like that, I'll listen to a little bit and then it'll just fade out of my mind pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. It's the stuff that really hits me like I don't think that's some crazy idea mm -hmm. that music you connect to on an emotional level you like more. Yep. I think it's just a different thing of like how we move through mental health and one day this album is the thing that picks you up and another day it's the thing you have to drown yourself in or Sometimes it's your favorite song. You you don't want to hear it because mm -hmm. it's just like right now I can't deal with the emotions that song's gonna like stir okay. up. Um, yeah, the, the one point you made about like people saying you say you're an indie fan, but like why do you listen to Drake and all that? I like am the biggest person when I'm like I hate genres. I can't label genres. I don't know. People are like, are they post punk? That I'm like. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, yeah. I don't. Like, I love country music, and everyone's really like, what? And I was like, <laughs> I used to go to country concerts all the time because I like the music. I've always been yeah. very attracted to lyrics, and, like, I was that kid who, like, printed out, like, AZ lyrics, and, like, I had to study them because I like the words versus, yeah. like, the music. And you can have the shittiest voice in the world. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. <laughs> You're allowed to say anything. Okay. <laughs> but you can have, like, the like worst voice ever and if you are a good songwriter and there's something about it I'll, I'll love it and I'll try to show it to as many people as possible knowing that it's not as accessible as top 40 yeah and I think like for me vocals mean a lot and I do think you know voice does play a factor sometimes where like you know there's there's the running joke of Kid Cudi like yeah. Kid Cudi fans were like notoriously brainwashed where he'll just go mmm and we'll be like oh my god my mind is blown he just hums but like I saw him in the concert and he just like yeah. he did belt it out and you kind of like if you like it and you are connected to the song, sometimes that does resonate through your soul. But he kind of spent up all his, you know, like energy to the point where it's like, dude, I can't listen to this stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. It got really bad. Yeah. And recently he came out with the new album Kanye. Obviously Kanye, there's some issues. But even like Ye, where like, I heard people just like, this is lazy album. Like, this is garbage. Mm -hmm. I connected to it and I was like, that's probably a bad thing. Because he's talking about some really serious stuff where like, the first song, he's like, you know, I thought about killing you. Mm -hmm. I don't relate to that necessarily, mm -hmm. but for me, I was like, oh, Kanye has intrusive thoughts. Like, I, I connect to that. And when he talks about, like, in Yikes, he's like, sometimes, it, like, he scares you himself. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. that means something to me. And for someone to be able to admit that on that level and that plainly, like, I will say, like, I wasn't one to, like, I wasn't that excited about the album when it came out. Yeah. But then when I finally took the time to listen, I was just like, regardless of how I feel about you personally, I respect it no matter what. Because yeah. it is so difficult to communicate these feelings as a person but to do it on such a public platform is like so important and it's 
as like this is like so needed to talk about and just to feel okay and something that you can relate to. Yeah, and then like you know, Kid Cudi like made a little bit of a comeback, and I hope this means I know he struggles with mental health, mm-hmm. but you know, we were at a party last night, we talked about it, it's like it. Sometimes it even feels forced for me, but I'm trying to make it a point of I'm not gonna hold back and say, oh, Sunday I was talking to for I was talking to my therapist, yeah. or oh uh, yeah, like I'm having an off day. It's like I took some Zoloft today, and it's messing. With me. Like I don't want to make the excuses for mm-hmm. it, but. And it's not, it does feel a little forced, like I'm shoehorning in the conversations for, and it feels like sometimes like, ah, people are going to feel bad for me and think I'm looking for sympathy. It's like, I'm not trying to, you know, it's not like my social mission, but it's like, I don't want to keep not talking about these things and then everybody not talk about them. And yeah. it's, you know, like, I didn't know you were going to therapy and mm-hmm. then, you know, I guess I just revealed the secret <laughs> so right okay. here, okay. but you told me that last night. Yeah. You clearly knew I did because I have a podcast about it, but. You were talking about you were talking to somebody, and mm-hmm. then they reveal it to you, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. we could have been. And for me, it was like more of a personal thing where I would try to hide it or try to hide any mental health issues that I've ever struggled with, and I caught myself like lying about it. And yeah. I'm not like a liar, so I was I was like, "Why am I doing this? Why am I so ashamed that this is something I deal with day to day?" And it yeah. was being very self critical. And then I'm like, if I just say it, it makes me accept it for myself, and if it makes someone else uncomfortable. I don't think it shouldn't it's not their life and like I don't want sympathy through it either so I'm very and I think when I say it I say it so plainly now that people are like oh and they're kind of taking it back but then they're like all right yeah and you know I talked to somebody that I knew that like said they went to therapy and I'm starting to really understand it more as like you know even my own views were stigmatized Mm -hmm. where I'm like oh yeah like I'm so broken I need therapy I need drugs and then you start to realize like anybody could be going through something and it could help I think everyone could go to therapy. It's just how it's regardless of what you deal with on a day to day, you're a person and you have thoughts and those need to be communicated in an open and free setting with a third party person who like is trained to kind of guide that conversation, but you're just having it. And it's almost like a self thing for me at least. Yeah. And then of course there's the situations where you actually need to talk about specific issues. Yeah. But I think it's helpful for anyone. And I I just think it's so important for everyone to it, just try it out if you can, if you have the ability to. Yeah, because there's, there's so many situations where you realize you might not, like, you might just need to work through one thing and stop going to therapy. Yeah. People think of it as one, it's like you're admitted to the mental hospital therapy, like, mm-hmm. and you're there forever. That's not true. Like, mm-hmm. I know for myself, likely I will never out be out of therapy. Mm-hmm. If I find a good mix of drugs, which I'm working on now and mm-hmm. had some success, if I find those, those are lifetime things for me. I'm not scared about that. Yeah. But I think there are some people that are scared of, I go to therapy and I have a person who goes to therapy. It's like, well, one, don't feel that bad about it. But yeah. two, you don't, you might not always be at therapy. It might be someone close to you died or you did have a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. You work through that and you feel better and you stop going. Yeah. I don't think anything's like the be all end all. Like life is life. It keeps going and we have to kind of adjust with it. And life, there's like changes that can happen. Like something could happen tomorrow and it could t- totally like mess with my emotions. And, just having that ability to not get shaken by that and you yeah. have like a safety net is really helpful. Yeah. So moving on to that though, what we're talking about here is, you know, before I had therapy, mm-hmm. music in a lot of ways in my yeah. therapy. And I'll admit something right now is I'm actually having trouble getting back into music, but you know, it's a groove thing for me. Mm-hmm. I have cycles where like I'll get really into some genre or something and I'll, I'll find something I'd like. So the big thing for me was really weird was I was listening to like, uh, Bombay Bicycle Club Pandora. Mm-hmm. Like this was for a while, and they're like an indie band. They, they they try a few things out, and they're considered pretty popular. 
but the station just started playing all these like electronic indie like mm. melancholy kind of like a james blake yeah but i found this one uh like dj guy his name is Sohn, s-o-h-m yeah. yeah and he's german and i actually was supposed to go to his concert and i missed it and i remember i still feel upset about that yeah. and that's because i connected his music so much mm-hmm. in just like the way the music moved like it, it wasn't he was saying so many things that i connect like some of the songs i'm like yeah i really connect to it but like i could listen to that when i'm sad and like mm-hmm. just kind of meld with it mm-hmm. like and you know when i wasn't going to therapy like it was a lot of days of this is the thing i can fall back on and it, it's really hard when you're going through some mental stuff and music doesn't sound good anymore and that that's part mm-hmm. of depression is you don't enjoy things you used to enjoy yeah. but the point where music starts to get on your nerves is really upsetting yeah especially when it's like a band that you've loved or it's an album you're putting on thinking it's going to be that yeah thing it was to you at one time and like i said before like life changes you change as a person and so there's albums i get and i'm like this i used to this put this on when i was really sad or yada 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 and then i think about it and i'm like it just makes me feel young or immature i don't know what it is i this happened recently with um trying to think what album it was i'm blanking but um i think it was a um gaslight anthem album and it wasn't my favorite one but i was just like why don't I like this anymore? Yeah, and then just... I'm sure I can listen to it in two weeks and I might, but I was definitely struggling with, I want to get back into a music, but nothing's gotten me too excited lately. And yeah. then it gets me scared that, is it me or is it the music? Like, is it me just not being able to get into it? Like you said. And, and I, I've become this huge snob. Like if I'm somewhere and anybody suggested like putting on a Pandora station that is summer hits in the nineties, mm-hmm. I will want to leave that place. And it, I guess, you know, it could be partially, like, if you want to get huge in mental health, like, these songs are playing during these, like, times of my life or things, but it's just, like, I don't, I'm not trying to bash it if people love it, mm-hmm. but for me, it's just a melted sound of when I was a kid that there's no real, like, emotional connection to it. I remember, I can, like, picture myself listening to some of these songs and stuff, and nostalgia, of course, I can, you know, belt out some of these mm-hmm. songs, like, when they come on at, like, you know, the bar at one yeah. in the morning, but... For the most part, they don't mean anything to me. They sound the same. Like, I was big into Pearl Jam for a while, and now I'm like, I don't listen to Pearl Jam yeah. songs when I'm sad or anything. Mm-hmm. There's, like, Black is a very good song that's, like, kind of, like, down, like, about feeling like you just can't have someone. Mm-hmm. But now I'd rather listen to Frank Ocean, which really hits me strongly, like, the unrequited love part of him. Like, I can always go back to Frank Ocean. Yeah. But even some of his songs, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just can't listen to this anymore. And I think part of that is... A lot of people who aren't super into music, they listen to music in that setting of Summer Hits the 90s and just as like background. But I think for people like you and me who really emotionally connect to music, we just organically feel it deeper. So that's why I try to push music on people and I'm like, I think you'll really like this, but they're just not hearing it the same way. And that's a personal thing and that's on them, but I'm probably going to still ask them to listen to all this new music that they'll never listen to, but... I think for me, I get frustrated when everything's very surface level and I turn into that music snob, but yeah. it's just because I take it in a different way. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be the snob, but like for me, like I'd been watching a lot of TV and then I became like a TV snob and stopped watching it. But as I got more into comedy, I was like, oh, here, here's the stuff I want to make. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was kind of a gap between comedy and music. And I don't mean that in the sense of like there should be more flight of the concords that like sing and stuff. Like There should be. There should be. I, I love those guys, yeah. and they, they do it so well. But, like, you know, watching, like, A Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I love, like, okay. she 
introduces, you know, like, uh, kind of like a musical element to the show. Mm -hmm. I don't like musicals. So sometimes in the show, I'm like, I kind of wish this wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like really excited about it. But I like that they're willing to try something that wasn't just like a sitcom that just goes from A to B. Like, here's the problem. And then like, Mm -hmm. they, so like now I listen to certain, certain songs and it starts soundtracking the plot points I haven't even written yet. Mm -hmm. So that's like my method for writing is that I hear a song and I start making a music video for it essentially oh. in my head, which I know a lot of people do. It's my biggest pastime is just yeah. making fake music videos. But then I started like saying like, how do I make this into something that works into what I want to write? Mm-hmm. And this big idea that I've been working on forever that I'm not even close to putting out in the world. And frankly, I don't have, you know, a network behind me anyway. But like all the major points of this, this show were just basically me like listening to a song and going, this just hit me so emotionally, like, what else in life would hit me this emotionally? Yeah. And obviously the show that I'm looking to write is not really just comedy. It'd be like a drama. Like, maybe yeah. like a, a Shameless is a good example okay. of a show that balances very well comedy mm-hmm. and drama. And if you haven't watched that show, it's it's essentially about, you know, a family in Chicago. And it's really funny, but, like, they're poor. Yeah. And they deal with some heavy subjects. Yeah. And then it gets really funny at times. And I was like, there, I wanted more shows like that. But then I wanted more shows like... They're just out there. Like, uh, I love, like, Man Seeking Woman. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's, like, it very much lives in the surreal. Okay. Um, Atlanta's done a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Good Place is another one. It's, yeah. like, it just lives in a world where they're not confined by the rules of our own lives. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, from a mental health perspective, like, we do live in a, like, not to say that we're crazy, but we sometimes live in a fantasy land. And that music helps us escape a little bit. And sometimes it, it surrounds us in a bad way. But, yeah. like, we get to create a world that is different from just, you know, looking down the street when you're walking to work. It's like you're walking down the street and, you know, new buildings are building up around you and different things are happening. And mm-hmm. that's why I love music is because, you know, I am that comedy style. Comedy is what really is my thing. Mm-hmm. And I know music is yeah, your thing. But, like, it still gives me this opportunity to say, like, you know, get inspired by other people's words and say, like, take their hurt and make that into something funny. That's what this podcast is a little yeah. bit, you know, take the hurt and make it funny. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I didn't have music, I don't even know if comedy would be such a big thing. Not to say I wouldn't like comedy, but just, yeah. like, it, it inspires me in so many different ways, and I could never make music. Yeah, that's really interesting that you said that, because I feel like you're, you take in music and it inspires you to do other things, whereas for me, like, the music... When I listen to music, I kind of have those similar feelings, but it's more of this person is saying how I feel at this moment, and it's more of an internal thing. It doesn't really, I take it in as them being like, they understand me right now. I don't, it doesn't usually make me want to like do anything else, Um, but that's really cool, because like, I mean, everyone's listening to headphones, walking home from work, and pretending that they're in a music video at one point, like it's pretty hard not to, but for you to take it in to that point where it's like, I want to do that, and these various songs like make inspire me to keep going with something personal. Is awesome. Yeah, and there's like I mean, people go to the gym; they obviously can listen to hate music. So you got your DJ Khaled no, on. I, and, I listen to Frightened Rabbit and really sad I, music. No, I, I do a little bit too. It, it's more of whatever at the time is like yeah. just getting me going. But um, you know, some people they just listen to hate music. They, they oh, just yeah. listen to whatever is like, and that is something though that they took in the music and they put out something themselves. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, there still is that element of, oh, this person's speaking to me right now. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just being able to, like, 
take in something and then put out a picture to that. Like mm-hmm. I'm taking in the audio and I'm putting the visual to it and then constructing it from there. That makes it like doable and interesting. Um, but there is just some of that, like also that just like FOMO of like, I listen to a really good artist. I'm like, wow, they just created something really powerful. I'm like, I want to create something really powerful. Yeah. Like I want to do what they're doing. Um, and you know, it's part of that just probably ego a little bit. Like, oh, I want to no, be famous. I, I want to be, but. Well, with me, I think being, uh, no, no surprise, I'm a, I'm a girl. <laughs> but a girl in First the music girl on the world. podcast, too. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Mom. Thank you so much honored. for breaking up the, the wiener parade that we had going. Um, <laughs> no, but I think as a girl who's really into music and a girl who's specifically, like, I used to go to a ton of punk shows and it was a, it, I don't want to say it's super male-dominated, but, like, it is. And going to shows by myself in New York, it was kind of weird sometimes. And then I would go see, like, these really powerful, like, women and, like, play, like, um, I'm trying to think. I used to go see, like, Waxahachie and, like, these girls just doing it. And, like, yeah. I used to sing in, like, high school and stuff, and I was like, I probably, if I would have had, like, the ball, they would have been, well, not literally, but I could have been in, like, a band and, like, tried to do that, but I was always scared. So it's one of those things, I feel like that's the one thing I was like, I know it's not too late, but I'm too scared to do it still, but it's definitely interesting, but it's so inspiring that, like, these girls are just doing it, and they're making, like, badass music, too, that is probably better than a lot of the guys' music. Yeah, I think, you know, right now, especially indie, like, the best songs that are coming out from least led by women, if not full women mm-hmm. bands. Um, but like, you know, that's, that's just a vibe. I get, you probably know it better than I do, mm-hmm. but you know, I talked to my friends and we, the concert we went to was diet sick. Mm-hmm. And, that's you know, like a perfect example. Like she's, she's jumping amazing. around the yeah. stage and I'm just like, I want to do that every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have a similar experience with like comedy. Like I thought stand up was going to be me forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I chickened out. Like, I'll admit it. Like, it's not... Like, I, I make excuses, but at the end of the day, it's just, like, I could have just kept doing it. Yeah. Taking kind of sidestep into these other projects, mm-hmm. and I, I'm excited more about them. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't know if you have this music. I have this love-hate relationship. was, like, I'll listen to somebody really good. Like, just really good. And I'm, like, I love this, but you're crushing my dreams a little. Because it's just, like, I can't do that. And yeah. I want to. See, I guess I never had, like, that much of a want to be in it, so I don't think of it as that much. I just get, I think for me, it's more like, wow, like, you did that. Like, um, yeah. I mentioned it when I was talking about the gym, but, like, my favorite band, probably, I don't know, that's a big question, but um, <laughs> one of my favorite bands is Frightened Rabbit, and, like, their songwriting to me is just, like, unmatched and insane, and I could never communicate those feelings, and I think that's the more inspiring thing. Like, I wish... And I hope down the line I can even just, like, communicate these thoughts, not in music, but just vocally. Yeah. Um, the stuff that they kind of communicate, because it's pretty plain spoken, and they cover a lot of heavy stuff. And, um, yeah. But then, then then there's Taylor Swift, and I think she's, like, one of the best songwriters ever, at least her earlier stuff. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's, like, I want to be able to get that emotion and communicate it that eloquently. Yeah, and you, you're allowed that like those things. Like Nobody really should tell you you shouldn't. And then I poked fun at some of my friends because Taylor Swift goes just because it's easy to do. But I love the fact that they like things that I don't and vice versa. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about the band you just mentioned, Frightened Rabbit, if you're comfortable talking about it because I know for you that hit you pretty big. Can you maybe recap what yeah. happened? So I'll start from the beginning. Um, well... Yeah, I'll start from the beginning. So um, I got into Frightened Rabbit when I was a junior in high school. And they were just awesome. And their music was just, like, so raw and just 
um, one of the most famous songs is Modern Leper, and it just, like, dealt with a situation where you're like, I kind of hate myself, I kind of hate you, but I kind of love you. And, like, it was just, like, a lot of relatable emotions when you're 17 years old. Yeah. Um, and I was just, it was something I never heard before. And also, they're a Scottish band, and I love, like, their accents and everything. Yeah. So I actually saw them the summer going into my college um, freshman year, and then it just became, like, they were my safety blanket. So... Whenever Fright and Rabbit put out an album, whenever they were having a show, I went. Um, so I got really connected with the music. I've gone to see them by myself. Um, but the lead singer, um, it was pretty obvious if you ever listen to their music, he dealt with a lot of mental health issues. And then this a uh, couple months ago, he actually um, ended up committing suicide. Um, and it was just really heavy. There was actually um, a point in August of 2016 where he went on, like, a Twitter rampage, and it was, like, almost a scare then. Yeah. And um, he kind of just went MIA, and then all was well. And so it was kind of something that you saw happening, but um, I was actually at their show. They did a 10th anniversary show for Midnight Organ Fight in February. And I, w- I went, and it was one of those shows I almost didn't go to. I had the longest day ever um, at work. I didn't get out of work till 8.30, and the show was already starting. And yeah. I was just like, I need to go. Um and it ended up being the last time I ever saw them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's just so weird. Cause for me specifically, it's someone who was getting me through all of those issues and some really, really dark times in my life. Breakups, every which, everything, Frey and Rabbit were there for me and he's not there anymore because of his yeah. own struggles. So that was, it was tough, but I still listen to them all the time and I like won't not. Yeah, and that. you won't lose that. And like, you know, there's always those artists that even before we were born, mm-hmm. that died and you could still connect to them, like, you know, like a Jimi Hendrix or something like that. And you, on some level, it's like, well, you know, just to have this time capsule of what they have. But I think even the Frightened Rabbit thing, like, I I can admit I've never listened to the band. I don't know anything about them. I, I've been meaning to look at them. But I've been really scared lately by a lot of these celebrity suicides, mm-hmm. um, especially. And I've, I've talked about this with people before, and I thought about doing a full episode for it, but I, did, I didn't feel like I could give full justice to these people in their lives and I didn't want to you know try to make content out of them but it's the scariest thing to me when I watch someone that I look up to that I'm like you know I want to do comedy so that's what I try to like you know do this podcast for or these other products for mm-hmm. and some part of me believes and I know it's wrong that if I just you know get successful in comedy and I just can work 24 7 on comedy it's gonna fix me and I know that's not true yeah and then you see it's you see the the Chester Bennington's, the Chris Cornell one that particularly mm-hmm. hit me hard. Um, and then Bernadette and Kate Spade, like, I didn't have any connection to them, but it, it hits me right away because it's like, when do you escape it? Yeah. And that and that's a scary feeling that, like, you might never escape it. Yeah. It might just hit you one day when you look like you're on the top. Like, and I don't know the full background of their lives. I don't know what they were going through, obviously. Um, but I think that's why talking about mental health has become so important for me. And it does go a little bit beyond, you know, just, I, I'm glad my friends do it, but just sharing on your Twitter, the yeah. suicide hotline, because mm-hmm. it's not just telling somebody that you know you love them. Like, mm-hmm. I've had those moments where I'm like, somebody needs to tell me I love, like, they love me, mm-hmm. but I've also had moments where people are telling me that they love me, and I'm great, and it still isn't enough. Mm-hmm. It's that we need to be able to say, I'm struggling, and I'm going to get help. Yeah. I'm not saying those people weren't, mm-hmm. but, you know... Even the backlash to their suicides, people are, you know, pretty rude about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's cowardice and stuff like that. Like, 
I don't want to make suicide so normalized that people just think, oh, I'm going to do it every time no, I feel yeah. bad. But, you know, that just shows the stark contrast of this person just killed themselves and then all of a sudden we turn on them. It's like, well, of course they weren't talking about their struggles. Of course they weren't reaching out to people. Like, especially when you're this big time person, mm-hmm. like, you can't show any flaws. Yeah. I really hope that someday we can move past that. Yeah. Where an Anthony Bourdain, like, maybe he was too prideful to get medication. I'm not saying he was. I don't want to mm-hmm. say that about someone who's died, but maybe that was his case because we've stigmatized it so much. Mm-hmm. And music especially, like, you, you feel his words, and, you know, I'm assuming it's Frightened Rabbit, like you said, like, you kind of, you can feel it. Totally. I mean, I've cried at their shows all the time. Yeah, and it's so a weird thing. Where, like, I'm with people, and they're like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and, and it's like, like, don't get it. Yeah, and then it happened, and I'm like, I, I heard a little bit about it, and I was like, I'm sure his fans aren't shocked, but at the same time, you, just because you know the train is coming doesn't make it feel any better when it hits you. Yeah, and especially because his he went missing first, so it was yeah. kind of one of those, like, I'm praying for the best, but knowing that the worst is a possibility. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciate your point of, like, how these things are happening, and it is really great that I've seen, well, it isn't great, but with all the news that's happened recently, like, people are talking about it more. Yeah. And I think... One thing that you said, I, I appreciate when people like share the like, National Suicide Hotline, that's so important, but I think the greater um, message that I personally want to communicate is just like, be there for people. Like, really, yeah. like, no, like, talk to your friends, just have that communication. And on the other side, if you're struggling, like, please, like, know that people do care about you and will listen. Like, yeah. me and you, like, we're strangers and we just started talking about this stuff. And now, yeah. like, we're friends. And it's just, I feel like, though our friendship's like fairly new like i can talk to you about that stuff yeah there have been people who i'm friends with for 10 years and i would never talk to them about scott hutchison killing himself i would never because it would make them uncomfortable they know me but it's it's just so interesting yeah you do divide people certain needs in your life and like i think you jumped the gun i wouldn't call us friends i think you're a little too ahead of yourself not kidding we're definitely friends uh the face you made like i was like oh shit she thinks i'm serious no i'm really good at Um, this but no, I, I I agree with you though. There are just certain people that like that was the that was the episode of me and River. Like yeah. the that episode only was born out of interactions like me and River figuring out you know oh report and it just becomes like this conversation. And we talked about this last night. Like you will always have at least one friend that will say, "Why can't you just talk to me? Why are you paying money for therapy? I'm I'm here for you." And even disregarding like the expertise thing, like even if you believe that psychologists are just like completely like don't have any techniques that work Mm -hmm. you don't understand it causes more stress to be that burden to your friends especially if they're having a bad day one day and then they snap on you like i don't have time for your shit we're sensitive people oh yeah and Um, if that happens it's like oh like right i am a burden like i'm i'm not considering their problems and i'm just you know in their way and like unfortunately like to my point of saying like just be aware of like your interactions with people like that's happened to me with the people who are supposed to like love me the most. They literally will be like, I don't have time. And yeah. having the emotional like issues that I've had, like that hits me, like I shut down. Like I'll yeah. just be like, and then it just becomes internalized. So it's, that's a me thing. And I can't expect people to do that all the time, but it, it's a give and take. People in your life have to meet you halfway. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing I'm trying to communicate with people lately is that we're not asking you to go completely out of your way to make us mm-hmm. feel better. We're asking you to give us the opportunity to make it easier on you. 
-hmm. Like when we go to therapy, we're talking to somebody about our deepest problems Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to keep bothering you like that. And like you said, you know, be careful and, you know, like, you know, watch the way you're talking to people. We don't want you to feel like you can't make a joke at our expense or like if you're in a bad mood, say, I'm in a bad mood, I can't talk about this. We don't expect that. We just want the opportunity that, you know, when we're feeling the ways that we're feeling, that we can get that relief. And if you're not there for it, that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's easier for me to tell my boss that I'm taking Zoloft and, hey, man, like, I might be just cranky one day than him to think this guy's going to quit his job because he's just so pissed off. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm trying to just put it out there a little bit more. I'm not telling you I go to therapy so you can go, all right, don't say anything around Cody that's like sad or anything. It's, I'm going to go to therapy so you just know who I am and understand like this is a part of me. And, you know, as much as I'm able to talk on this podcast, there's still so many things in my head I can't put into words to try to convey to people. But it's, it is liberating when, you know, I find someone like you gets it and then I can say, okay, great. But how do we get the other people to get it? Yeah. And it's it's one of those things you talked about a little bit. Yes, or actually, it was somebody I was talking to um, yesterday. It wasn't you that mm-hmm. talked about like somebody they knew, like their boss, mm-hmm. never had anxiety before, and then they had it. Okay. And they're like, oh my god, no wonder you were saying all this stuff. And my husband had anxiety. I made fun of him. It's like we don't want you to have to go through this stuff though to yeah, understand totally. us. We want to be able to just say like, hey, like cut me a little slack. I don't want to, you know, ruin your whole day, but I, sometimes I have to be a certain way. Yeah. And I think when I was saying like, be mindful of what you say to people and how you interact, it wasn't more so like, you have to walk on eggshells. It was more like, just be open and be honest. And like, if I'm having a tough day, don't, if I communicate that to you, it isn't because I want you to like hug me and I'm I'm just letting you know, like where I'm coming off. I'm like, I'm having a bad day and it might not be like sunshine and rainbows today, but it'll pass. Things go on, life moves forward. So I think it's just just being a clear communicator um, when it comes to these issues. Like, it's all you can do. Yeah, and I get it. Like, some people have trouble dealing with emotions in general, and especially when it comes to mental health. Like, they're still not there, and I respect that. And a lot of us with mental health wish we could live in the world where it's not really a part of our lives, but it is. Yeah. Um, so that communication also helps us learn, like, hey, if you're not the person to go to when I have an issue, mm-hmm. that's fine. I just want to know. And it, it's unfortunate. Sometimes you lose people from your life. And sometimes it's it's you. You're spiraling out of control and you offend them and no amount of sorries is going to work. But other times it's just like they get annoyed and go, I'm not dealing with this person anymore. And they didn't understand that you just needed like, you know, a little bit of help in some other realm that might not have anything to do with them. But I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm harping on so much of just like <laughs> mental health people who are people too. But like, but I no, think but that's it's where true and it's what we do. Like, I mean, it's what everyone it's everyone, I think, to a certain extent, like may, maybe not has like a mental health disorder, but like we all we all have mental health. Like it is a yeah. like scale. It's like your physical health. And, uh, I can't talk. Physical health and then mental health. Like everyone deals with it. So it's it, I don't know. Just treat everyone the way you want to be treated. Guys. Yeah. And it goes back to those like cliches. But I guess that it still ties back into everything we're saying. It's like music for a long time swooped in when nobody else could yeah like i i talked about this like one time with one of my roommates like they all turned 21 and they went out to the bar and i'm still 20. i was left in the apartment by myself and i i can't feel bad that they're going out to the bar like i don't want to be that guy like come on guys stay with me like so they left and what i did is i turned out all the lights and i had done this before i would turn out all the lights 
and I would put in music. And the reason I did that is because, like, one, it's a little bit of brooding, like, dramatic, like, I'm in the dark, but the only thing I'm interacting with is the audio. Mm-hmm. There's no other stimulation. It's just audio. And I get to kind of, like, you know, scream into the, the void a little bit and, you know, just, you know, dance with the music and yeah. stuff. And it, it was always so funny because if you came in and you turned the lights on, you would just see me, like, ah, like just, like, singing a little bit, dancing, and, like, no clue that you're even there. Mm-hmm. And it would look stupid. But for me, like, I was working through stuff. Like, that was the only way I could do it for a while. And I can't do that as much anymore. And it kind of hurts to not be able to be, like, that dramatic and do that because yeah. it helps. It, yeah, it totally was, like, it's almost like that catharsis thing where yeah. it's, like, I'm going to go through it to just feel better at the end because it's, like, or it's just going to be, like, building up in you. So, like, yeah. that's why I listen to, like, some of the saddest music in the world. But I'm, like, it makes me feel better because, you know what, and a lot of it, they're going through even worse stuff. So it's, like, you know what, I'm, I don't have it that bad. But, yeah. um... Yeah, I totally agree, and I think it goes the other way, too, where sometimes I'll just put on, like, LCD sound system and blare it and just, like, lose my mind dancing. Yeah. And just, it's a release. It's just so, and it's very individual and very personal for me, and, or I'll have other people involved, I don't care. But, um, (laughs) for me, it's, like, it's not going to stop me from doing it. Like, I'll do it by myself, or I'll invite other people along. I would love if everyone was just, like, in a big dance party room, and that would be, like, the best day of my life, but. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's just so interesting for me like I feel like I started getting really 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 into music when you were in that like 11 12 13 age like I I was pretty like into top 40 got into like some classic rock stuff before then but I got into like brand new and like bands that like were just kind of heavier and dealing with stuff when I was dealing with it and then it just kind of escalates with maturity um and the one thing with music it's just like this world that it's never ending like there's, yeah. there's bands that you will never hear of and you can always find them. So like, that's the one thing that became a discovery thing for me. And it was like a hobby and an emotional release all in one. Yeah. I mean, I kind of went through a progression of grunge to classic rock to, you know, starting to get in a little bit of like the hip hop. They played like the middle school dance, but then legitimately rap and then going back to indie and then getting to electronic indie and getting kind of the, like it's, interesting for me to just like every year like my taste completely changed but i can still go back to some of those old ones there's those parts of me that i'm like that's just not me anymore and there's those things i'm like i wish i could find more of this i loved it and that, that's the thing that always frustrates me when i go to a pandora i'm like i love this song and i want the feeling of this song and like 10 songs and i put it in and they're like you might like this song I'm like that's not that song <laughs> you didn't guess the right one no um yeah no i think that that's definitely something and then one thing that I wanted to bring up that you kind of just sparked was like it's a personal thing too but I think the one thing that I love about music is it has helped me relate to a ton of people in my life yeah um I'm like the middle child out of five and my older brother is nine years older than me and we like I mean there was we had nothing to talk about when we were like younger because we were just at different stages in our lives but then when he went to college he left all of his cds home yeah the ipod so I got into the Pixies and I got into Radiohead and I, my I, my brother would come home and hear me listening to this and he's like, you you like this? My little baby sister likes this. Yeah. And then we would get talking and it, there's actual conversations that I remember and I was like, this is the first like real conversation I think I ever had with my brother. The same thing with like my sisters, both of them like we go to Taylor Swift every single time she tours because yeah. that's where we get. But we, my one sister's thirty two and then my other sister's eighteen, so like we span. And, like, that's the thing that blankets us and, like, keeps us, like, kind of together and, like, something to talk about. 
And then, it, like, just, there's little music communities that I love, and it's awesome, and it's like, we all take it in different ways, but then we're all here together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, I'm definitely that guy who, who is constantly annoying my friends. I'm like, you gotta listen to this, and it's, of course, never even close to the music they listen to. But there's just such like foundation when you. But think, when it is. Yeah, like when they say they like a playlist, you get so happy and you're like, yeah, yeah. finally. Like I remember, board. my best friend, we we played music back and forth mm-hmm. forever, and he's like really he loves Kanye, okay. and he gets into the deep cuts of like the Good Friday stuff and goes into Pusha T, and I love that stuff too, but I always throw like the curveball weird things, but my like claim to fame is like Run the Jewels. Like okay. I I found Run the Jewels like a different podcast, it was like a comedy podcast mentioned okay. it. And the reason they mentioned it is actually really funny. There was it was like NPR was doing like a review show, mm-hmm. and it's like this fantastic release by these two rap- like just the whitest people talking yeah. about how great Run the Jewels is. I was like, this is weird. I gotta listen to this now, yeah. and I listened to it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I played it for him, and then a couple months later, we're at the Electric Factory, and yeah. we're the first you know people to hear the new album live, like Run the Jewels three, like. They hadn't even released the new album yeah. yet, and they dropped it special on Christmas. They like the release date was supposed to be like after our show. It was supposed yeah. to be the day after our show. Like, what, are we just gonna hear the whole new album before the world does? Yeah. But um, yeah, that was just one of those moments. Like, it's just you connect again. Like, it's even the people you love or the people you don't really connect to at all. It's like you find that music connection. It's like, oh man, you felt that the way I felt yeah. that. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Like. It's so weird. Like, someone could be an absolute stranger and I could be introduced to them and they can say they like this band and I'm like, I think we'll be friends. Like, it's something about you, the fact that you can relate to that, like, and it's really true. Like, a lot of the people I've met through music or at shows, like, we're we're friendly. Like, it's easy to connect with you for some odd reason. It's a lot easier than, like, oh, we just so happen to be working together. Like, it's just for... There are people I've worked with for two years, and I find out they like this band, and we just completely connect on a new level. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting how that thought goes through your head. You're like, oh, you like um, modern baseball? Like, I think I can get like like you. Yeah, and I think it's it's different from other mediums. Like, if you said, oh, I like Drake, that's probably the equivalent of saying like, oh, I like Game of Thrones yeah. to a lot of people. But if you said, oh, I like this obscure show that you like, I might get excited. Uh-huh. But when you say you like an obscure band, I like, like you said Sone, and you're like, oh, I love Sone. I was like, yes, because yeah. yeah. I don't know but a lot of people. Last night when we were talking, I think um, a bunch of us were talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers. No idea how it came up, but then we started talking about John Cashante, and I think Bobby brought it up. Okay. Um, and you started talking about John Cashante, and I think someone I forget who it was. Anyway, they were like, oh yeah, John Cashante, but you don't know this, and I was like, actually, I do. <laughs> and then it just sparked this whole conversation, and. I, that person was a stranger, and I talked to them for 45 minutes about, yeah. like, it was started with that topic, and it just went on and on, and it was awesome. Yeah. And now I'm like, that just opened a whole new door for, like, communication. Yeah, because, like, I mean, Frank Ocean was underground for a bit. Like, The weekend, like, his old stuff's really raw. Mm-hmm. Like, The weekend now, like, you expect you're going to turn on the radio and hear him on the pop station. His old stuff, it, it wasn't radio playable. Yeah. It was just very raw, emotional, like, his music's still a little dirty, but, like, this was, like, you were putting this on, you have a sex kind of music. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that just, just, like, it's legit what it was. And, obviously, he's in the Fifty Shades of Grey now, but, yeah. like, it still feels a little watered down. Yeah. But, like, you know, now Frank Ocean is mainstream, mm-hmm. and The Weeknd's mainstream, and Frank Ocean still has that little bit, like, underground appeal because yeah. he's just hidden all the time. But, like, one of the, you mentioned Bobby, like, one of the uh, artists we really like right now is Blood Orange. Yeah, 
But like it's got kind of like that Frank Ocean like early days. Yeah, before but people it's like know. The indie R and B. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Young Fathers? I feel like you'd like them. I have not. Okay. But There's I a little blood R and B, a little bit. Anyway, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that gives me something to investigate. <laughs> out. But that that is that thing. It's like, you know, it's a little bit of a comedy for me. Like you know, I I see up and coming comedians. Like yeah, everyone loves John Mulaney. I love John Mulaney too. But I was, you know, listening to the John Mulaney What's New Pussycat yeah. bit that is the probably the funniest like stand up that I've to ever it two seen. Two days ago and yeah. I was laughing in Starbucks like I'd never heard it before, but yeah. I've heard it fifty times before. Yeah, and like my favorite comedian is Mike Birbiglia and he's mm. getting bigger now. But like I remember watching the thirty minute special where it's like He's talking to his girlfriend, and he's like, well, what are you afraid of? I'm like, oh, you're going to leave me. And he's like, what are you afraid of? I'm like, bears. bears. <laughs> like, and I remember that, and now he's like this beautiful storyteller. He's considered one of the best, mm-hmm. and it's great to see that progression. But music's a little bit weirder because, like, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes, especially rap, I can guess when somebody's going to fall off. Like, you can, like, you hear an album, and you're like, that's oh, yeah. probably their last good album. Like, oh, you yeah. just know, like. And it's, it's really a lot more of, am I going to, like, keep riding this wave of them? Like, Kid Cudi, I held on for too long. I was uh-huh. like, no, I don't like this stuff anymore. And he's coming back a little bit. You know, your favorite band, like, generally can't put out a bad album. But Arcade Fire proved that they could put out a bad album. And funny enough, I'm it's seeing It's like them. one of the best singles ever and then just trash album. Yeah, and it's funny enough, Tony and I are going to see them Thursday. This is, we're both going to the second show yeah. of, like, the, their, because they, like, did the tour again. But that album, like, that's that moment of, crap, like, we're done here. Yeah. I don't know if you'll ever put out a song I like again. Yeah. They probably will, but... But that's a lot of bands, like... And you're right, it happens at weird times, and I think it... I think it goes to the whole, like, you can produce art, and if you want to produce the same thing over and over again, that might get stale, but then if you yeah. want to experiment, you have that risk as well. But yeah. then, like, look at bands, like... Like, I loved Radiohead, and, like... Anything they put out now, I'm, like, not even a little bit interested in. Like, it, it's good, and I'll like it at surface value, but it doesn't have that yeah. for me anymore. No, I get that. Because it feels just different. Yeah, um, and, like, sophomore albums, I think, are always the hardest. Because, like, it's the first one they put out, people start to, like, get some traction on them. And then the sophomore album, I feel like they always put out, like, okay, I got some attention now. And they put out their masterpiece, and then it's, like, the third album's, like, you just did this. Or, where's the old you? And, like, people yeah. say, like, where's the old Kanye? Like, Jesus came out, people hated it. Yeah. And now Jesus is considered one of the best, but like, yeah, it comes out and people hate it. And I don't mm-hmm. know that people are going to like that later, but some people like, I don't want you to do different. Mm-hmm. Do Kanye. Do yeah. like, but that's funny when you talk about Kanye too, not to make it a Kanye podcast. It's like, everybody's got their point in time Kanye that they oh, yeah. think is the old Kanye, but you they're all different. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, you're late registration, you're college dropout, you're my yeah. beautiful dark twist fanny, you're Jesus. It's like somebody's like, I'm life of Pablo. I'm like, you just got here, who the hell are you? Like, um, but yeah, like I think it's just funny that like we all ride away with artists. Like, you know, you can always talk to some I had this like running joke that like if I haven't heard of your favorite artists, they mm-hmm. suck because I haven't heard of them. If I have heard of your favorite artists, they suck because they're overrated and they sold out. Like, that's kinda how music totally. is. Like as soon as you like you know, it is that hipster indie ground, like underground thing. Like, you heard about my favorite band? Ah, shit. But, like, it no, depends I where would, they're at. I will admit, like, there have been times where I'm like a music snob and I'm like, oh, they're too popular now. I can't like yeah. them. I'm like, the music didn't change, but, like, I don't like. I didn't 
now it's different, but I didn't like that, like, growing up. Like, I was like, oh, they're, like, too cool now, and I have to be, like, underground. But I think one thing now that's really interesting, and I'm seeing it more and more, and just being more aware of it, is just, like, the pressure to be, like, mainstream or, like, more poppy or, like, there's bands that are just, like, changing their sound completely, and then I'm like, oh, you're doing it to be on the radio or you're doing it to make that, like, accessibility level easier which could be a great thing and yeah people get into your older stuff but like i'm just noticing it more and more and it's like a little bit heartbreaking because it feels like inauthentic but then other bands like i don't know if you've heard of now now i've not heard of them um their album their first album came out i think in 2013 i could be wrong with that um and then they kind of just went on hiatus they played a couple shows but then like completely fell off the face of the earth they just released a new album and it is like pop like before it was like a little bit more grungy indie girl yeah. rock and now it's like a pop album and it's amazing and they changed yeah, their sound that completely works. and like i was like i feel like this is more accessible but like go for it like keep it going works. in that direction so i think it's just like a case-by-case basis yeah because i have the exact opposite one you know and this relates heavily back to mental health for me the head and the heart oh. That was like my band to go to when I was really in like a deep. The last album, I still liked it, but that last album was a little hard for me. And you can tell there is a little bit of shift. It felt a little bit more like studio kind of album. It's like, you know, a little bit more sprawling, like poppy. And I really liked the the first two albums so much. Like they they felt like so. They were definitely more raw. Yeah, but it felt like so like rural to me, like Mm -hmm. folky. And it took me to a place that like. I'd never been before like sadness with still a little bit of sweetness to it Mm -hmm. and also just feeling like you know a little bit just out in a field kind of thing I know that's such like a weird analogy but I think if you listen to it I saw Head of the Heart at Coachella the first time I ever saw them and I was literally skipping in a field yeah and but it made me feel so happy but like now like that last album I was just like that that's for me is like you're gonna have to win me back on the next one because you lost me because they're even like playing in Philly um or they might have already played with uh Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats, which is pretty good, but it's not really my style. Like, but I was like, I I kept missing them, and I was like, oh, I should go to that, and I was just like, nah, like yeah. I, I just don't want to hear that it's album. The worst feeling when there's a band that you're like, I, I want to see them, I want to see them, and then you're like, I don't want to see them anymore. Yeah, and like when I missed Sone, like that one was a little bit easier to take because I loved this first album so much. The second album I liked, but I didn't love it as much. But not being able to hear just like some of the songs I wanted to hear in person. That hurts. And then after a while, you know, like, you overplay a song and you you give up on it a little bit. But, man, like, he is one of those people, like, soundtracking the show that, like, I want to make. And, like, Mm -hmm. not seeing him kind of hurt. Childish Gambino, I saw him the camp tour. I don't connect to the camp songs anymore. I'm seeing him on this tour, and I like everything he's put out. But, like, I regret not. Heartbeat is still a banger. Oh, I love (laughs) Heartbeat. That was my song. But I'm so upset I didn't see him uh, after Because of the Internet. Like, that was one of my favorite albums of all. And I know some people. What's your favorite like, song on because the Ooh, that's such a tough one. Um, it changes. Like it's I, through sweatpants. That that I think that's like objectively the best song. Yeah, but so um, bad. yeah, I think like Telegraph Ave. Yeah. I I, I like forced myself to learn a piano. Like yeah. I liked it that much. But like it it changed. I love that album so much. And like that's the thing is like I can go back. That's yeah, kind of how I might go back so and change. It just brought up something else of just like. When you said because of the internet, like, I remember exactly where, like, the time in my life when that dropped. And, like, that's how you relate to music, too. It's, like, I was, I think it was a junior in college. And, like, that was coming out. And I remember, like, listening to it walking on campus. And, like, it just took me back there. And I was just, like, whoa. Like, that's so weird. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
for me, that was a time in my mental health where things were getting bad for me in college. Like, I was, like, actively sabotaging friendships. Like, I thought I was so poisonous. It's still something I deal with. I talk about it in therapy today. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was so poisonous that people were better off without me. And I didn't say, like, it's not like somebody texts me and I tell them, text them, like, fuck you. Yeah, but you detached. But I detached. And that album, like, kind of talked a little bit about the detachment in a lot of ways. And I remember going completely out of character it caught me so much that i wanted to know everything about it. i watched the music videos he put out before like the prequel kind of it i read the whole script that he wrote while listening to the album like i on like a saturday night where everybody else is out partying like i stayed in and i like like had on my laptop the script and i had the music playing and i read it all in one night and i was just so excited about it and you know i can still listen to some of those songs and go back to those places mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know who, where, what, or if I'd be if it wasn't for albums like mm-hmm. that. Like, because sometimes the music plays into, like we said, sometimes it plays into your sadness, but sometimes it's like, it's the only outlet, like the only thread of holding you together. Mm-hmm. And you, like, I don't know, I'm sure you're probably like this, like, if I find something I like, it's getting played like 50 times in two days. Yeah, and we know the entire history of the band and all their parents' names. Like, yeah, and if, and if it's if it's truly something that means something to me, yeah. I'll listen it again like over the course of a month, you know, and come back to a year. Like, if I listen to something like crazy in two days and I'm sick of it, I know that it's a good song. I could probably listen to it yeah. later, but it's just not, it's not the one. Yeah. But yeah, I you know all the things we're talking about. Like, I'm just gonna implore you. You need to make a podcast. I'm thinking about it. We're, we're, so everybody <laughs> listening right now, we we talked a little bit about mental health. We talked a little bit about music. Obviously, your podcast would be a little bit more on the music side. If you're interested in that, just DM Kathleen your social security number so she can get a little bit money to get this project. No, but I think, you know, this is one of the, the first podcasts where I wasn't talking about something as serious. Why would I need their social security number? So you can get their money. <laughs> and you can buy the equipment you need. Why, why wouldn't you need their social security number? Um, but... This is one of the first podcasts where, like, there was a little, there was a little bit of lightness to it. I mean, yeah. the River episode was fun. The Bobby episode, you know, we, we were just, like, clowning around. But, like, it, it reminded me what I could get excited about. Like, and, you know, there's a part of me that, like, sometimes loves how deep and dark I can get when I can, like, get those powerful moments with mm-hmm. those songs. And, you know, mental health is just one of those funny things where sometimes, like, I do anything to make it go away. I've said the sentences before. I would give up comedy completely to be okay. But then there's also the part of me is like, I don't want to be normal. I want to be yeah. this weird forever. And that's where, like, the Kanye album especially, where he's like, I have bipolar disorder. It's awesome. Other people going, that's so, like, disingenuous and stupid. I'm like, I've had those moments. But it's also, like, the one thing with me specifically is I always think about that. Like, I have really bad anxiety. And, like, with my anxiety, or, like, I would give anything to not feel this way, but I've never not felt this way. Yeah. So I really don't know what that is. And I might be lazy as hell without exactly. anxiety. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> but um, with that, it's like I've never lived a life that wasn't this way, and then I've learned to deal with it in ways that, like, have benefited me, and I've become a better person yeah. because of it. And also, one of my anxiety, like, mantra things is, like, I'm not – I'm anxious because I care too much. Like, yeah. I overthink everything, but it's, yeah. like, not a negative aspect. And I kind of always have to turn my mental health into, like, more of a positive and, like, just learn how to cope with – not cope with it, but just manage it. Um, yeah. Because I don't 
like you said, I don't want, I want to be this weird. I, I like, I, I've weirdly grown to like who I am. Yeah, um, and it's, I, I'm not Kanye, I don't think I have superpowers, I don't think I'm superhero, but I like approaching things at different angles, and I like, I like kind of going against the green with people, yeah. and sometimes it does get on their nerves, but I like sometimes when people are arguing about things that don't matter and going, this is stupid, and just, so just being like a troll to them a little bit, and just like, there's no reason for you guys to be arguing this. One of you likes one thing, one of you likes another thing, like what you like. Exactly. Like the pineapple pizza thing, like I might joke with a friend of yours, like that's gross, but at the same time, like pizza's the best food in the world. If you leave pineapple on it, that makes it better. Great. On my pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't matter, and life is too short to get upset over stupid stuff. So yeah. Like there are times when I catch myself and I'm just like, what? What am I getting upset over? Or what am I like torturing myself with? Because a lot of yeah. like I'm not a very, I'm, I don't argue with people that much, but I argue like in my head a lot. Oh, I'm, definitely like, the shower. This body, yeah. Oh my. God. I've had so many arguments in the shower to myself. Um, but it's like that. It's like, I have to stop and be like, why am I torturing myself with this? Like, let's go watch an episode of Chopped or something and, like, make it better. Yeah. Um, and do something that makes me happy rather than, like, think about if someone so cares if I eat pizza the right way. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, you know, that all comes back to music, though. It's just, it's something only for you. It's funny how these people are singing about their lives and you're like, they're singing directly to me. Yeah. So, and yeah. the cool thing, especially about live music, is not only are they singing directly to me, but everyone in this room is singing along with that, and we're all singing the same thing. Yeah. And it, that was the one thing with Grant and Rabbit. It's like, we're singing about some of the darkest times in my life, and I don't know what you went through, but you went through something, and we're all like here yeah. together. So, yeah, I think that's one unique thing. When you go to a concert to, like alone, you're with everybody, and you are alone. Like mm-hmm. You get to have that personal experience, but you also get this experience of like, these people exist too. I'm like, imagine going to a concert and you were like the only person there. Like, it's other than it's your friend's band and they, yeah. they don't have any fans, but it'd be like, okay, I'm the only person feeling this. But when you go there and you're like, this side of me exists in that person and that mm-hmm. person, like, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think music is one of those great things. So, like, I love comedy, it's been my mental health crutch, but I needed music too. Yeah. And it definitely sounds like you needed it. So, I'm, I'm telling you, Kathleen, I, I think you need to make a podcast because I've had so much fun doing this one and I'd like to be on yours. So yeah. Kathleen's podcast, look out for it in the fall of 2018. I'm just going to put a date on it, put All pressure right. on you. There's, there's, your, now, um... there's your anxiety. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I'd like to wrap it up here um, because I think you have plenty of material for your own. So let's, I'm looking forward to it. anything you'd like to shout. I, I know you've got a Twitter. Would you like to get some followers out of this? Um, sure. It's just my name, Kathleen Hain. All right, so yeah, at Kathleen Hain on Twitter. As always, I am at CodeRan, or you can follow the podcast Twitter if you don't want to hear what I have to say, but just see the new episodes at Neurotica the Pod. Uh, thank you for listening. I think we're going to have a little bit of hiatus because I'm going on vacation and I plan to enjoy it and not record anything while I'm there, but we'll see. So thank you for listening to Neurotica. <laughs>